Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, ladies, welcome to another episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. Today, we have our guest, Tiffany Knapper, with us, coming from Tennessee. She is a holistic business coach. I wanted to make sure I had that right. So, um, CEO empowers women to find six figure success with their creative businesses. So number one, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And number two, I feel like this is huge because I feel like so many women now are becoming entrepreneurs and especially tapping into like the creative business sense, which is new to me, holy, but then obviously creating that success with it, right? It's one thing to want a business. It's one thing to create it. And then it's another thing to have success with it. So I feel like you seem like someone that would be like, we're going through the whole process. We do go through the whole process. It's true. Yeah. I've been, I've been running my own creative business since 2011. So this is all kind of born from every, every twist and turn I've taken in my own life, everything I've learned the hard way. And I love guiding women, especially if they're at the more beginning stage of their journey and I can help them avoid some of those roadblocks. It's a true passion of mine, but yeah, creative business owners are where my heart and soul is at. So that's really who I cater to. uh, And I love it. And so just to be clear, so people listening, so they yeah. would be like, what would you define as like a yeah. creative business? Great question. And it really does have, a, it's a pretty broad category when you think about it, but it's anyone who feels like they are creative in their soul and uses that to create a business. So it could be a painter, a photographer, it could be a coach, a yoga teacher, graphic designer, all of these people are considered creatives and jewelry makers, candle makers, you name it, product-based or service-based. And that's who I work with. Awesome. Did I cut you off before, Rachel? You see, No, like- actually, that was, that was the question I was going to ask because okay. I know somebody have the, uh, you know, like what is creative? Like, especially when we talk about business and entrepreneurial sense, it's like, is that really from the service-based industry or it, does it also include product? Because I know with so many passionate women out there and, you know, we used, we say that term multi-passionate. It's like mm-hmm. kind of that blanket too. Is like, what is it? What, what are we creating? So I love that you're incorporating both products and services and really tailoring to tapping into that passion and really bringing it from concept idea to the fruition, this, the whole mm-hmm. successful journey aspect of it in an entrepreneurial journey. So mm-hmm. Aaron, kind of already asked that question, but it was <laughs> great to hear that because it, it brings that the whole umbrella overarching creativity to life and knowing that there isn't something that's kind of off limits. So I love that. Yeah. And that's honestly just because I have experience in both. I run a PR branding agency, which is service-based and also creative. And I also used to run a handbag line, which is product-based and creative. And so I didn't want to limit myself. I knew I had a lot of value to add to product-based business owners. And it is a completely different beast, if I'm being honest. And I don't ever want to do it myself again, I don't think. I don't ever want to say never. But I, I do love it. I love parts of it. And so when I get to get in there. I was today working with one of my students who has a jewelry line and I just love it. There's something different about the energy of a product-based business. So yeah, so that's that's why I, I work with both. I love that too. And I think it's good to differentiate because I would never consider myself creative. Oh, but, but you I probably like are. Like, yeah. yeah. Right. Because yeah. Like, when you hear creative, I immediately think like, well, I'm not like, I can't paint or draw, like that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like, so sometimes we limit ourselves. You hear creative business and it's like, that's not me, but, but it is you because you're coming up with something unique to yourself. 
So then when you say holistic, so putting it mm-hmm. all together, like your yes. holistic approach to that, what's that mean? Yeah. So I also am a certified yoga teacher. And although I don't teach anywhere right now, the entire kind of being of being a yogi yogi is ingrained in me. And I teach and lead with that in many ways. So while as a business coach, there's a lot of marketing, there's a lot of strategy that I teach. I also balance that out with breath work and mindfulness and just kind of centering them and making sure that the next move we're going to make, even though the, the dollar line item might look right, does it feel right in their heart and their soul? And that might sound a little woo-woo, but at the end of the day, like this is your business that you get to decide to wake up every day and run. And I want to make sure that along the way, as you're pivoting, as you're growing, that it feels in alignment with you. So that's the holistic part of what I do. I like that. Cause I think a lot of times too, like obviously people, when you start money, right? Like, or start money, start a business, the mm-hmm. underlying end goal, right? Is the accumulation of money, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a million reasons why people want the income they want. But the bottom line is, is, is that's what you're creating and the why behind it. But what do you, what do you, how do you want to get there? So right. I think that's really important, like establishing right away, like your non-negotiables or whatever, mm-hmm. no matter what the dollar sign is. And then having somebody like you that kind of like holds them accountable to like, this doesn't kind of line up with. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we can get really caught up, especially now with social media being so prevalent and everyone sharing numbers in a way that it first felt like, yeah, this is awesome. And now I'm like, wait, this might be a little bit of a smoke and mirrors game. And it might be putting people in a situation where they're feeling unsuccessful because their numbers don't match those numbers. And, and at the end of the day, I'm like, you're, you need to decide on your numbers and you also need to decide on your trajectory and you need to make sure that it all feels good to you. And what looks like success to you might not be the same level of success to someone else. So really figuring out how to balance that out. And we focus so much on sustainability. And I don't mean just sustainability in the sense that this business is sustainable and it's going to keep making money, but it's sustainable for you to run and be happy. So we can create a business that might make you know oodles of money, but if we're running ourselves into the ground and we're unhappy, whoa, well, what was the point of that? You know, I mean... So it's really about trying to, trying to find that, that balance. I like to refer to it more as like an integration, you know, like how do we really integrate those things? Success monetarily and then success as far as just feeling successful with your life and happy with where you are. I love that. And going back to like your holistic approach, to me, honest, like I've never heard of that. And I love it because it's very unique and it's very niched, but yeah, it sets you apart. And at the same time though, you're working on that mindset because it's like, I'm sure many of the, your, your clients will come to you and say, okay, I have this idea and I want to make this business happen and this and that, but you really, you know, sometimes we lose sight of the work that's in that middle. And it's like the Mm -hmm. the horse in the trees. So it's like when we're so laser focused, we're just seeing that tree where you're helping them step back and seeing the forest really through that mindset, that shift and the breath work. And I know like you would use that word woo-woo because I know so many people like, oh, well, I'm not into that woo-woo breath stuff. I just want to make money and watch my business. No, we have to reel it back in because it's so important to protect our energy, mm-hmm. where we're spending that in all the wrong direction. So I love what you're doing and really just helping them reel in to see that bigger picture, but yeah. also being laser focused on, on the mission and the purpose behind it. So yeah, I love absolutely. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a dream come true. I honestly can't, as bad as 2020 has been in so many ways, I can't help but be thankful because it really pushed me in this direction. I saw there was just such a, such a huge need and I was like, okay, 
I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah. Yes. yes. The woo woo stuff is new to me. I will say. (laughs) All right. All right. Um, That's okay. Oh no, that is new, but it's not like I don't, it's just new. It's just different. Rachel's probably sick of hearing about it, but like I'm basketball is like my love language. Okay. (laughs) So So Phil Jackson, one of my favorite coaches, he has books called sacred hoops. He's all about like studying Mm -hmm. all that kind of like that holistic approach, right? Like playing basketball, like as how you react to life and everything like that too. And so I remember like hearing Shaquille O'Neal talk at an event one time. And when Phil Jackson came and took over at the Lakers when he was there, like, wait, Michael did this because he coached Jordan at the Bulls for so long. He was like, yeah, he's like, all right, I'll give it a try. (laughs) The approach is very different. You know what I mean? Like more that holistic approach to how he coaches basketball. But it made the whole point was it made the players play as one, be one team and react to each other, which is, I feel like what you're saying with your holistic, like your entity and your business being as one. Mm-hmm. I love that. I yep. know. So, okay. So to piggyback off that with you, so you have been a business owner since 2011. Yes. And then what made you decide to go like the coaching route? So you still have your businesses, but then you also coach too. Yeah. I still have my PR and branding agency. And I started coaching in March, <laughs> right when the pandemic was at its you know height, uh, because I'm a member of an all-women uh, co-working space here in Nashville, Tennessee. And obviously, we were all in shutdown. Everybody was having to just work from home. And the owner of the co-working space said, Hey, would you be interested in leading some sort of a virtual webinar? And I got to be honest, at the time, I didn't even... like virtual webinars were not a thing that I was familiar with, but I was just like, sure, like I can get on a Zoom and, you know, talk about something for an hour. Let's do it. And I did, I did that. Again, it was like really early on in shutdown stage of the pandemic. And I was just like, let's talk about how you can make sure that your business is is able to pivot if you need to pivot and it's healthy and we're using this time wisely and all of these things. And I just didn't know how much I would A, love it and how much positive feedback I would get from it. And it became clear to me that I needed to do more of this. This is something that I've been putting on the back burner for a long, long time. I've had several mentors and coaches through my journey as an entrepreneur. All of them have said to me, you should really be a coach on your own. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Teach me more. Like, I'm not, you know, no, I'm not a coach. Teach me more. And, And then this moment came and I was like, oh, this feels really good. And this feels really easy. And that's something I talk about a lot as a coach is like, let it be easy. And if something comes naturally to you and you're good at it and you get great feedback, even though it's easy does not mean it's not valuable. And that's a little bit of a mindset shift we have to go through sometimes. So long story short, I ended up hosting that webinar seven times in that next week because they just kept asking me, can you do it again? More people want to join. Can you do it again? And then at the end, I was like, I, I should go somewhere with this. I mean, I, I, as an entrepreneur, I know how to strike when the iron is hot. Um, so I was like, I'm going to just put together a course real quick. I'll figure this out. And I launched that first program as a beta test. Six ladies in my group and just loved every minute of it. And from there, really like tested the program, built the program as I was going, like totally messy action in play. And here we are at the end of the year. And I've now launched that program three times. It's now a fully like you know gelled thing that I can just keep doing over and over again. And it's just... It's just kind of, kind of blows my mind, but here we are. Here we are. Yeah. I think you said so many great things in that whole like, thing. I know. I'm over here nodding the whole time. I'm just like, oh my gosh, yeah. like, this is so important because it's like exactly what we were given. We talk about the word of the year's pivot and you mm-hmm. did exactly that. And it's like so many people are just like, well, I don't know what to do. And sometimes it's really in that messy middle where it's like you've given that mm-hmm. opportunity 
And, you know, I think for, for many of us, we feel like it has to be hard. Like Mm -hmm. there has to be a challenge, but that's Mm -hmm. the beauty of it. When things are just easy and in flow, it's like, you know, that like life is handing this to you. Right. Yeah. And and that's the important thing. And it's almost like when that happens somehow in the subconscious mind, we're just like, well, we need to mess this up really quick. (laughs) Like we just like throw some, some chaos in there. And that's the craziness that we, it's almost like we're trying to balance. It's like, we want the ease and flow, but yet when it's given to us, we somehow shake it up and we make things more difficult. And you, you recognize that because like you said, it's a mindset shift and it's mm-hmm. being aware, like very in tune with who and what you are and saying, this is an opportunity. This yeah. isn't just like, you know, a one-time chance that things were easy this day and maybe tomorrow mm-hmm. or next week, it'll be really difficult. But you took that opportunity and that's, that's, it's amazing because it's like, you're also leading other people to recognize yeah. it as well through your holistic approach, through the yeah. experience. And this is just, it's, it's wonderful what you're doing. Oh, thank you. And yeah, I call those our toxic dragons. Yeah. Those, those things that come up and say, no, don't do that. Or you're not good enough. Or, you know, you can't charge that much or whatever it is. I call all of those our toxic, toxic dragons, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, the ego that tries to show its ugly face and tell us, well, this isn't hard enough. So therefore it's not right. Like, all of those are toxic dragons and we have to figure out how to tame the dragons. I mean, they're never going to go fully away, but we can tame them a little bit, you know? I love how you said that, like tame them. Like I'm over <laughs> here sitting there like, yeah, you have to slay these dragons. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that we can ever fully slay them. I mean, some of them maybe, but I, I really do feel like the perfectionism that a lot of women battle and the imposter syndrome that we battle is a lifelong journey of trying to figure out how to tame that dragon. And and that's okay. I mean, that's that's, you know, that's our ego really coming into play and, and, and trying to like, be like, whoa, 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 that feels scary. I don't know about that. And then that's when we have to be like, no, I got this. Yeah. And I just want to like reiterate your story a little bit, just so listeners kind of understand, because I feel like you said a lot of important things about your journey. So some people Mm -hmm. listening that might be like, I want to start a business or I want to do something. Number one, you talked about how your coaches recognize you should be a coach, but you still wanted to learn more. So yep. that says a lot about you as a coach. And I think that's something a lot of people should understand and grasp is you're not done learning. So even though mm-hmm. someone tells you you're great at something, it's a compliment, embrace it, but you want to keep learning. There's always that growth that comes behind it. Number two, stepping up when given an opportunity, even though you are uncomfortable, you never did it, but taking that chance and doing it and recognizing, okay, like you've probably been given a lot of chances. Maybe you didn't take them, maybe you did, or maybe you didn't realize there were chances along the way, but just when the time was right, stepping up and doing it. And not only doing it one time, but doing it again and again and again, and then having a beta test, putting something together, whether it's six women, you know what I mean? But you said you rolled it out three times already this year. So Mm -hmm. I want someone that's listening for the first time to understand it might not be perfect the first time and you got to do it again and again and again, and you keep getting better as you go. You can't try it one time. How oh many, gosh. Like yes. you have six people. That's incredible. In my opinion, I, I think that's incredible. Right. But so at, at a very rock bottom price, but yes, I had six <laughs> people, but I, I mean, yes, it's, it blows my mind. It's like, we have this, we put all this pressure on ourselves. And again, I, I'll speak 
like, you know, in general terms, but especially as women, we put all this pressure on ourselves that things have to be perfect. And the reality is if we wait until it's perfect, it'll never happen. And nothing is perfect right off the bat. I mean, if we look at the first Mac computer that rolled out versus the Mac computers we use now, quite a difference in, in all kinds of, you know, shape, size, technology, everything. It, you know, you can't wait until it's perfect, no matter what it is, a program, a product, it doesn't matter. You have to give yourself room to grow. And also people love to be on that growth journey with you. Your customers like to be on that growth journey with you. The women from my first beta round are my biggest advocates. And it's so sweet because they're like, we love watching this brand grow. We feel special. We were part of the first program. So, you know, you just have to remember that what we think is not perfect is somebody else's perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's like a huge mindset shift as well. And taking that messy action, I talk about it all the time. It's just like, you just got to put one foot in front of the other and trust. And, you know, you need to have a vision for where you're going, but you don't need to know every single twist and turn. It's, it's, that's an impossible concept to think that you would know everything you have to do every step of the way to get to your final destination. You just need to know that you're going in the right direction and then keep putting one step foot in front of the other. It'll, it'll unfold for you as you go. But yeah, and you said something really great. It's just that, and I forgot how you put it, but this concept that in my example, as I launched it again and again and again, and I'm getting that real-time feedback and I'm, and I'm making these tweaks and on my own program and whatever it is that you're launching, that, that's just invaluable feedback that you're not going to get if you don't launch it. You've got to first launch the thing in order to get the feedback on the thing to make it better. So, Right. And I like that too. You talk about like your customers growing with you, especially using that Mac example. Yeah. How many people were the first people to buy Mac? That big clunky right? thing. Yeah. Now, you know, and they're part of it, right? Or some people yeah. maybe are collectors and still have their first iPhone. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, there's a reason why Apple people are like crazy loyal. Right. <laughs> Super fans. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's really important. And I think that's important too, as a coach, because I feel like you're definitely like walking in what you're Oh, I walk the walk. Absolutely. And you, you were talking about like this constant education. And I mean, I just signed up for a mastermind for 2021. I have my own crazy goals. And I always tell my students, they say the same thing. Like if you're, when I was a yoga teacher, if your yoga teacher isn't also practicing yoga, maybe we got something to think about there. Uh, And that's a pretty simple thing to wrap your head around, right? It'd be like if you hired a health coach and they didn't eat healthy. Well, we would we would be like, what's going on there? So as a coach, as a business coach, if I'm not also doing my own work on how to make my business better, then I don't know. I think there there might be a little bit something off there. Right. Sure. I think that, that ultimately you know comes down to that integrity. You know, I was reading a, a book recently and it I love the title of it and it just really made sense because I, I didn't really as the the leader of your business, you have your own values and like what you stand for. And so anyway, the, the name of the book is called Your Stand is Your Brand. And I started ooh. thinking, I'm like, ooh, let me jot down all the things that I stand for. And so yeah. it just really helped put it all on paper because even though it's like, you know you, you know what you stand for, what you value and you know negotiables and all that stuff. Yeah. But it was really cool to like kind of word dump it into I my notebook. And I was like, wow, that's a beautiful thing because now if things don't align with what's on this paper, it's not for me. And it it's really a hard no. Yeah. that noise. Because I was like, you know, if things are coming in and this, and I'm like, nope, it's not on my dock. Gotta go. You yeah. know? And so it, it, love it's that. really great because, you know, especially in the entrepreneurial space and if you haven't noticed I, my, my book, Chasing Perfection, I'm a yes. recovering perfectionist. So I was that person who had to have every step along the way 
And I spent so much time just doing like research, reading, all the busy work to think mm-hmm. up, make, make and, uh, you know, some progress. But all it did was hang me up because I had to have that control of what the next step is. And when mm-hmm. you let go and you just know that you have that vision and that purpose, like you had said, that's your why. And the mm-hmm. how-tos come once you know your direction of where you're headed. So we absolutely have to forego the concept that we have to have everything perfectly curated and mapped out. You might mm-hmm. have you know one or two steps planned out, but right. at least that's where that's your starting point. So yeah. I love that you brought that up. So I just kind of had to jump in with that. Stand as your brand because it was a really cool book and just loved the um, the whole overall <laughs> arching theme of it. Yeah, I love that. Your stand is your brand. I'm gonna have to add that to my my Audible account or something. I love yeah, that. It was really good. Yeah, and I think too, you're talking about like saying no in there to all your yeah. non-negotiables. And so also listeners, that's like a practice for me. I've talked about it before. Like my husband is like the king of the small daily disciplines and like knowing like what aligns with the purpose. And I'm the personality that's like, I changed my major in college every semester. So I'm like, oh, let's try this. I like this. I like this. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening, like, it's not like you just cut that off. Like saying no, I feel like is like a muscle. Like you got to work, you got to practice and start mm-hmm. with saying no to the little things and working out. But then also taking the time to like identify what Rachel and what Tiffany are talking about as your non-negotiables and what your brand and what you actually stand for. Mm -hmm. Because if somebody would have asked me like even three, well, let's say go further, probably five years ago, Mm -hmm. what do you stand for? I'd been like, everything. (laughs) (laughs) Everything good in the world. Yeah. 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 So I think that is important to narrow down. So like as coaches with you, like obviously people can hire you as a coach, work with you, have the ability to go through your course and all that kind of stuff. So I don't want you to give away all the things that you do because obviously there's value there. But but if somebody were like, okay, I want to go down this path, is there like maybe a little like kind of system or something where you help people identify what those are or like yeah. think big picture? Like, what do you go for first? I think that's a big thing as a business coach, especially what you said as a holistic business coach. Mm-hmm. So are you like mindset first or are you like business goals first? And then let me show you the mindset you need for that. Like, so it's a little bit, of, it's a little bit of both, but it, it really depends if I'm doing one-on-one coaching, that's going to be that that's going to depend on where that person is. And if they've been in business for a long time or if they're new and all that jazz, but in the group coaching program that I lead, we start with the un fancy word, the un, you know, fun word is market research. We start with you getting in the trenches and talking to your people because as creatives, oftentimes we get ideas. Ideas come really easily to us. And again, doesn't matter if you're a photographer or a yoga teacher, like ideas come easy to us as creatives. We always have, you know, shiny object syndrome. And what sometimes happens is we run with an idea before we've done any work to make sure that it's vetted in some capacity. So we really start there. The up-level method, that's the name of my program is let's up-level your business. I use the up-level method that I've developed. So U stands for understand your audience. And so week one is all about going out into the world. Yeah. And talking to people, uh, talking to people. And it might be virtually through social media, but you're going out there and you're talking to people. And really at the end of the day, that's relationships. So it's a little bit of, 
It's market research. It's relationship building. And then we pretty quickly segue from market research into mindset work because they tend to go hand in hand. When I'm asking you to show up in the world and talk to people, it usually comes up pretty quickly what your toxic dragons are and what's really holding you back, whether it's imposter syndrome or perfectionism or you know what whatever it is, thinking things have to be hard, you know whatever. So those are those are two of the of the early stages of the program. Yeah. I love that. And I do want to talk about when you say like um, slaying these dragons, what we, that we think it has to be hard. Mm-hmm. So what would you say? Just because I feel like um, sometimes like growing up in business, like something I was always taught, right? was like hard is good, right? Mm-hmm. So we're kind of like looking. So I see like what you're saying, but then it's like overcoming the hard. So like, mm-hmm. um, I have a question there. I'm just yeah. trying to figure out what I'm saying. <laughs> Go for like, it. So how do you get like people to understand and recognize like, yes, it, it's easy to me, but at one point it was hard and that's yes. why it's easy now. And so that's yeah. why I get to help people. So not telling people like if something is hard for them, you can't do it like that. Yes. Is your business, but as you overcome that, it'll be easier. And then you, that's what you create a business. With. That's a great differentiation. So I'm glad you brought that up because even if something is easy to you, let's say I'm a painter and painting comes naturally to me. I'm, I'm a gifted painter. Does not that does not mean that there aren't going to be parts of running my business as a painter that won't be hard. There absolutely will be. And to use myself as an example, since we already talked about that, running that virtual workshop was easy to me. Building this program, absolutely there were hard moments. There were moments where I doubted everything. There were moments where I was on top of the world. You know, if we have to be realistic, I mean, there's you're running a business, you are a CEO, you're an entrepreneur. If it was easy, everyone would do it and we'd all be millionaires. Yeah. So there are going to be hard moments and hard times in the the journey. But when I say let it be easy, I'm really more so referring to what's your zone of genius? What are you really good at? Stand in that power and acknowledge that just because it's easy for you doesn't mean it's not valuable. And I have a couple of examples, if we don't mind. I'll give you two real quick. One of my students does marketing for other entrepreneurs, social media, email marketing, etc., What she can do in one hour is what someone else, it would take someone else a week to do. You know, she's just that good at it. Yes. So she was having this problem where she was still charging charging by the hour. So obviously, as she got better at her job, she was making less money because she became more efficient. Well, that's not how that should work. So that's, we can notice there's a discrepancy there. And when I asked her to stand in her power and really start charging her worth, which meant going up in her hourly rates, and it also meant creating a structure that wasn't dependent upon hourly rates and asked for a premium price per month, she had a real moment where she had to, you know, she had to absorb that get comfortable with that, have that scary conversation with one of her customers and say, hey, this is going to be my new rate moving forward. And every time they didn't flinch, they were like, okay. And so, you know, that's a mindset shift of like recognizing that just because it's easy to me doesn't mean it's not valuable. And another example of like what I mean when I say, let it be easy. I had another student who's a really well-known artist, a painter, and she's done big collaborative work with companies like Anthropology, et cetera. And she, oh, because of where she was in her career, 10 years in, you know, six figures already, she was like, well, I can't launch a collection without it being this big production because when I launch things, it's a big production and it takes me months to plan and et cetera, you know, and I'm in the trenches and I'm miserable and I'm painting night and day. And I was like, hold up, (laughs) who said it has to be that way? And what if 
you did something crazy and you launched a mini collection and you launched it strictly through Instagram and it was first come first serve and you didn't go through all of the hoops of an event a professional photographer loading everything onto the website, like all the things that felt hard to her. She sold out that collection in eight hours, $10,000 a day, easy. And that's kind of what I mean. You know, there's two parts to that side of like, let it be easy. But yeah, it's a good differentiation. It doesn't mean there won't be hard days and there won't be hard decisions. It just means look at your, what what maybe you're making a little harder than it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I love I love those two examples because I think that's a, such an important um, takeaway. Is you know, and, and so while you were while you were sharing that, it came to mind, and I'm thinking when we talk about the hard things, there's going to be a level of discomfort, and mm-hmm. I think that's the challenge of growth. But then when there's also the hard thing, which is resistance, resistance mm-hmm. versus like knowing it's not in alignment with you and your brand versus it's really hard. I have to step outside my comfort zone. So there's kind mm-hmm. of those two to differentiate between the two, because I think for me, sometimes like even I'll, I'll come across those like hard sticking points. I'm like, Oh, this is really hard. I, you know, I'm like trying to, to, you know, do whatever. I, I can't mm-hmm. think of an example right away, but it, it's in those moments I'm thinking, is it hard because it's not in alignment with me or is it hard because I've never done it before and mm-hmm. it's new and it's uncomfortable and it's different. Mm-hmm. So there was something that, you know, just having that awareness allows you to kind of shift gears and just say, okay, it's, it's the latter. It, it's just, yeah. I've never done it before, but yet I know I need to do it. It helps yeah. me grow, helps my business grow versus no, that's not going, kind of going back to the standards. Your brand. Yeah. It's not on my manuscript here. It's not on my, you know, yeah. operation thing. So it's, you say, okay, that's where this resistance is coming from because it's like, you know, it's not for you. And stop mm-hmm. trying to fit that square peg in a round hole because sometimes mm-hmm. we look to other mentors or coaches as that guiding light as if they have all the answers, but yet, you know, inside you already have the answers. Yeah. And Marie Forleo talks about that. I don't know if either of you have read the book, Everything is Figure Outable. She talks about that. And really it's a gut check, but I, and I, I hope I won't get this wrong, but I think she kind of breaks it down pretty simply into the sense of like, if you're stuck and you're like, what do I do? Is this hard because of it's bad, it's not right for me? Or is it hard just because I've never done this before? Um, and she refers to it as a gut check and like, you know, you, immediately your gut will tell you, am I scared because it feels exciting and I want it and I'm scared it might not happen. And so therefore I could let myself down. That's usually means green light go. Like you're on the right path. You just have to get past that uncomfortable hump. Or am I scared because I'm like really terrified of what's on the other line and I'm not on the other side and I'm not sure if that's right for me. And, and that's a different kind of gut check of like, oh, I don't have the butterflies. I just have a sinking feeling in my gut. That's usually, okay, let's pause. Let's take a step back. Maybe this isn't the right direction. She does a better job of breaking it down in that book. But if anyone's interested, it's in that. It's in everything is figure outable. Yeah, it's it's such a good point because I think, you know, especially with entrepreneurs, it, it, and that's kind of the the route that we go on is a it, especially the clients that you're working with is really from that startup. It's that idea concept. So they don't have all the stepping stones, but yet somewhere inside of them, they know like that doesn't align with me. That's not the direction I'm going in. And I think for kind of being in a position as a client and also a coach, having that communication that says, I, I see that you're kind of stuck in those moments. Talk to me. What is, yeah. what is hanging you up? Yeah. And I think that's really important to have those conversations, not only you know with your clients, but also the self, the individual. So yeah. Really good point there. So I was just something when you were sharing those two examples and I was, my brain wheel was turning. I love it. Yeah. Keep the brain wheels turning. 
Yeah. <laughs> Always good. And also too, though, I think like it's important to know, like you're probably gonna make some wrong decisions. At some oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, That's how we learn I, all the good stuff. Yeah. It's like Rachel and I talk about a lot too. Like, man, like I want to write a book purely called Poor Decisions. <laughs> but like, but exactly what you said. Like, the, so I, I think it's important when you're starting a business, knowing like you have to give yourself grace for making those and they're all part of the learning curve and they're all mm-hmm. part of, getting you to, to learn that. Right. Because you're never going to talk to anybody, any successful person that's like, Nope, I made every right decision. Right. Nope. I've never made a single mistake. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Yep. Um, People, they all have good stories, but we always, for some reason think, I think it's important obviously to do our research, do the best we can to make the right decision, of course, but give yourself grace if it's not the right one, because because there's knowledge in that. There's knowledge in that. Right. Yeah. Every time you make it, you make a decision, and if something doesn't go like you wanted, we have a tendency to be like, "Oh, I'm a failure." And it's like, no. There's so much knowledge in what just happened, and how can you take that knowledge and now go out and do it again with that knowledge behind you to make better decisions or different decisions? I should say, round right. two. You know, that's how that's called prototyping your business. Like, um, I, I refer a lot again another book I'll throw out there. It's called The E-Myth. Have you heard of The E-Myth? It's called, it stands for The Entrepreneurial Myth. No. Old book. I want to say, I probably have a copy around me somewhere. I I think it's like from the 80s or 90s. It's really big and then old and then he's just revised it over and over again. But he talks a lot about McDonald's as a franchise prototype and as an example of kind of how you can run a successful business. And before, you know, I used to like roll my eyes at this concept of McDonald's as like my, what? No, I don't want, I don't want to be a McDonald's, but there's so much good stuff in there when we look at the concept of a franchise. And he talks about how you have to have a franchise prototype to have a successful business. And really that just means you have to be able to get out there and test something you know, a million different ways until you figure out this is exactly what works. And it, and that's relevant whether it's a product or a business or a service-based business. I had to, you know, make tweaks to my group coaching program based on the feedback I got. And if I was still making handbags, I made tweaks on my handbags based on the feedback I got from the women carrying my purses. So all of that is part of that prototype journey until eventually, you know, you're like Apple and your iPhone is so good that they don't, you know, all they're doing is like tweaking a little bit of bills and whistles, but like the basis of it is there. But they had to go through a lot of franchise prototyping to get there. Do you still make handbags? I don't. Okay. I don't. You look super fashionable. I know like our <laughs> listeners can't see you, but you, you can and you look put together that I would be like, I need her handbag. Okay, <laughs> not. Okay. No, I do not. Thank you, you though. No, I one somewhere we can find. <laughs> probably. Um, probably on Poshmark. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> no, I love that. I think that's great. I think you offer a lot of value. I definitely love having you mm. here with us and, and to our listeners because I think obviously our goal is obviously the name of the confident woman is like doing the things, the repetition over and over and over and just handling the struggle, growing with grace each time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that you definitely embody that as you're going on your journey and as you're helping other entrepreneurs develop their businesses and grow. So I definitely, definitely appreciate everything that you shared with us so far. I think that you had a lot of value. I would definitely say... But you'd make a great coach. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so where could people like find your information if they're interested in working with you or just seeing yeah. what you have, courses available? Yeah. Where would they check 
you out. Yeah. Yeah. Even my website, which is tiffanynapper.com. And I have a huge blog on there with all kinds of advice for entrepreneurs, whether you're at the beginning stages or if you've been doing it for a while. So that's just tiffanynapper.com. And then I'm on Instagram quite a bit. And again, it's at Tiffany Napper. Easy enough. Yeah. Tiffany Napper, easy to find. Rachel, did you have any other... No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say this has been a really great conversation. Um, and I, there's so much value in this, and I think it's so important again for you know our listeners and whether you're launching a business or not. The the whole point of this is really just to get started, and you figure things out as you go. And we have to shed those you know our hangups, our imposter syndrome, that perfectionism, and you know we can start seeing this throughout different areas of our life. So it was great to have you on and to share this because it's it's such wisdom that can really just apply to all areas of our life. So thanks again for being a guest. And of course, we're going to put all the the contents in the show notes. So hopefully, people can find you and follow you along uh-huh. your journey as well. So thanks again. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's, I love talking about this stuff. I could talk about it all day long. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's the Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.